It's one thing for us to gather and sit in cushioned pews or be tuned in online with our feet up in our recliner and talk about not fearing. It's another thing if you're in a railway station, a subway station, or anywhere else in many parts of the world today as they worship. But to realize that no matter what we're facing, we do not need to fear. There are over 300 times, in fact, I think it may actually be 365, so one for every day in Scripture where it says, do not be afraid, fear not. And we need to take that to heart, to not fear just the daily stuff, to not fear worrying about the future. Oh, we need to be wise, we need to plan, we need to act accordingly, but we certainly don't need to fear because the one who gave his life for us, who rose again so that we could have life, said, do not fear. Now, there are a lot of people we hear say things, people who are considered to be an authoritarian or in authority positions that we may go, I'm not so sure about that. But this is the one who has never left us or forsaken us and never will. The one who has never given misinformation. The one who has never stretched the truth, but always lived, been, and spoken the truth. So you can count on him. Do not fear. Do not fear if God's calling you to something that you go, I'm not so sure about that. Do not fear if it is in a waiting period where you're seeking what God would have you to do and he just seems to keep saying, wait a little while. Do not fear if there's opposition. He knows a little bit about opposition. Do not fear if there's physical pain or physical questions. He knows something about pain. Do not fear if it seems like others have forsaken you. As he hung on the cross, nearly everyone forsook him. Do not fear. And one of the best ways to increase our courage, one of the best ways to not be afraid is to be in communication with the one who said, do not be afraid. That's why we've been looking at prayer knowing we need it personally, knowing our world needs us to be praying. And to recognize that when we pray together, all physically together, but more importantly, that we are praying toward the same things. There is such power in that. I'm going to get some of the words wrong probably, but hear what I'm saying. There's a, there's a difference in addition and multiplication. There are times where it is you just keep adding it up and it's a good thing. But you see, God can do what is called exponential multiplication. And that multiplies so much faster. Imagine if we depended on that. Left it up to God instead of us to do what he's asked us to do, to take that next step, whatever that step is he's asked us to do. Don't worry about the 10th step, just do the next one. 
and that adds up, and that adds up, and that adds up, and it makes a difference in our hearts. It makes a difference in our relationships. It makes a difference in our families, and it makes a difference in our community, and even in our church. Do not fear. The greatest way to overcome our fear is to pray to the one who said, do not be afraid. If you have your Bibles or your Bible on your devices, I encourage you to turn with me in the New Testament to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. It's toward the end of the New Testament. If you're grabbing one of the Bibles under the seats, I think it's page 1163, somewhere in there. If you're looking on your phone and your device or grabbing your, your Bible yourself, that is back there in that section after First and Second Corinthians and Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And if you can't remember that, you can remember the old General Electric Power Company, or I prefer Gentiles eat pork chops, but... But we're taking a look here. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Let me repeat that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. We've been seeking to follow the example of the disciples who, when they could ask Jesus anything, said, Lord, teach us to pray. I've been praying that every day through this. Lord, teach me to pray. And this morning, I want to especially focus in this passage when it says do not be anxious about anything we are in anxious times in our own country and in our world do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition or supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known to God let your requests be known to God. Now, anxiety, if you're struggling with that, pray about it. It doesn't mean that you 
may not need to talk to a professional. It doesn't mean that you may not need some medicine to help with that. But if you are anxious, make sure you are praying about everything. Have you ever been tempted to not pray about something, thinking either, Lord's probably tired of hearing me pray about this one. Or tempted to not pray about it because you're going, man, with all the big stuff going on in the world, even in other people that I know around me, that just seems so trivial to pray for this. You have permission, according to Philippians 4, to pray about everything. Everything. What you might consider the little stuff and the big stuff. For you see, it seems that the little stuff ignites what happens to the big stuff. I was just reading, I wish I had a, typed it out, but reading about this exponential effect, and it was called the domino effect. And I didn't realize, now I love seeing dominoes lined up and then push them and watch them all go down. Now, I also, whenever I see one of those where you have thousands of dominoes, I think you did all that work for one little flip that takes 20 seconds. <laughs> the record is in the tens of thousands of those lined up and knocked over. But what got me about what I was reading is it was saying that one domino can knock over another domino that is one and a half times bigger. which means the first one could knock one over that's one and a half times bigger. And that one could knock one over that's one and a half times bigger. And that one could knock one over that's one and a half times bigger. And if you played that out, you would not have to have too many before you could knock over this building with the force that has been generated. You see, when we pray about everything, the little and the big, God begins to move and knocking those barriers down to where before long, he's doing stuff we couldn't even imagine. I've shared with you before my life first for ministry, Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power at work with in us, more than we can imagine. You're maybe not aware, but when I was young, and it actually hasn't gone away, I had an incredible imagination. That's one reason I think that verse has stuck with me. God can do more, immeasurably more, exponentially more than I can even imagine. I mean, my imagination was such that I talked about growing up in Indiana and playing basketball and shooting hoops even in the winter and in the ice and in the snow and all that. Well, I played basketball a lot by myself. I don't know if people didn't like me or what, but anyway... There were a lot of times when it was just me, the ball and the hoop, and I played. But every once in a while, I got tired of just shooting, so I played an entire game. Kept score. I was both teams. I was actually 10 players. 
And on occasion, I was also a referee and I argued with the referee. Now, some of you are going, that's not an imagination. That's a psych condition. I can't argue. You may be right. But you see, God is able to do even more than whatever we can imagine. I don't mean a wish list, pop in a prayer, pull out a miracle. I mean praying for others, praying for needs in their life and in our own lives. So in everything, by prayer and petition or supplication, in the asking Praying about everything. To the one who says, don't be anxious. To the one who says, don't be afraid. To the one who says, bring everything to me. So how do we pray following this pattern? First of all, don't forget to give praise. Don't forget to give praise you take a look at verses 4 through 6, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Don't forget to give praise. Now, we get confused sometimes about this thing of praise, saying, am I supposed to be giving God praise for the lousy stuff? No. But you give God praise even in the lousy stuff. There's a difference. You see, the reason I give him praise is because of who he is. We rejoice for who God is, not for our circumstances. I don't give God praise because of the good stuff nor the bad stuff. I give God praise because God is still God. And God is always God. And he always loves us, even though our circumstances are not always praiseworthy. I give praise. Sometimes my praise goes something like this. Lord, this stinks. But I praise you that you're with me in this stinking situation. Lord, I wish this was different, but I still give you praise. Sometimes I've discovered after I got through the stinking situation that it was actually a good thing. Oh, not always. I'm not trying to say that if you're a true follower of Christ, you're going to think everything is great. No. Some stuff just stinks. You don't believe me? Go out to the farm. Walk around a little bit. Some stuff just stinks. It's okay to acknowledge that, but I'm not going to live there. I'm going to say, God, you are still God. You still love me. So I give you praise. You know what I've also discovered? My sense of smell becomes less sensitive when I'm giving God praise because I'm no longer focused on the stinking stuff. I'm focused on the Savior. 
I believe that's why he asks us to give praise, commands us to rejoice in everything. And the Apostle Paul wrote Philippians to the church in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. I love Paul's writing because he repeats stuff so much. He does that a lot. He says it and then he goes, well, wait a minute. Maybe you didn't hear that. Let me say it again. You know what? He's right. We don't always hear it. We need it repeated. And the more we do it, the more likely we are to keep doing it. So don't forget to give praise. And then pray with a thankful heart. Pray with a thankful heart. A heart of thanksgiving. Again, not thanking for the stinking stuff, but thanking because of who he is and that he's with me going through this. So I don't have to be afraid or anxious because he is with me. There's just something about the presence of someone else with us. And God is always with us. There's something about knowing someone else is praying with you or for you. We can complain all we want about everybody spending all their time on their phone. One of the greatest things is that we can send messages in real time to people just to even say, I'm praying for you. Thinking of you. That does something. To let somebody know, I'm remembering you and what you're going through. Pray with a thankful heart. Giving him praise in all things, though not for all things. And then, as I've already said, let me follow Paul's example and repeat it again. Pray about everything. As he said, in everything. Make sure you are praying. It is powerful when we are willing to pray about everything. The last part of that passage, verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen, practice these things. Now let me just insert, this This wasn't originally in, in the message, so this is free. Notice that Paul said, if you've heard it from me, practice it. If you've seen it in me, practice it. Really hit me this week, but especially this morning. I want to live in such a way that I can say that to others. Say, if you've seen me, do what I've been doing. That may mean we need to change some habits. To be able to say that. But what I love is he's saying, pray about everything. If you've seen it, do it. And see, if you'd been hanging around Paul, you would have seen him praying. So you'd have prayed. You'd have heard him praying. You would have prayed like that. Just like we looked at the first week on this when Jesus taught the disciples, pray this way. Pray like this. And what we call the Lord's Prayer. That pattern. It has been interesting through the years to see individuals come to faith in Christ 
And I can quite often tell if I know the person that was an influence on them coming to Christ, I can quite often tell who it is by the things I see that person doing that is like the one who led them to Jesus. I want to live in such a way that I can say that. Man, if you've seen it in me or heard it from me, do this. Practice this. And I want to make sure that I am so close to Jesus that what he has done and what he has said, I'm practicing those things so that anyone else who is watching me is going to have a pattern of following Jesus. Pray about everything. See, nothing is too big or too small for God. Nothing that is concerning you, worrying you, or that you are facing is too big for God. But also, nothing is too small for Him. That's how much He knows about you and cares for you. Yeah, joke when I was teaching school, you know, and saying, well, they've, they've outlawed prayer in school. No, they haven't. They still give tests. Trust me, a lot of prayer goes up on test day. Pray and praise about everything, no matter what it is. Remember, God is always near. Paul said in verse 5, the Lord is at hand. He is near. He is with you. So pray about it. And then practice what you believe. Verse 9. If you believe it, practice it. Let me say again. The best way to get better at prayer is to pray. Just like the best way to get better at anything is to do it. Practice these things. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small for God. And then allow God to guard your heart. When we are burdened, we're vulnerable. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, guard my heart, guard my mind so that I don't get hung up on the wrong things, so that I don't focus on the wrong stuff. Pray for God to guard your heart. He's already doing it, but pray so that you recognize it, that God is guarding your heart and guarding your mind. It's a great thing to pray for others. Lord, guard their mind with all the stuff they may be facing. And when we're praying, we need to live in peace. Look at verses 7 through 9. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, and then he goes through this wonderful list. 
whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If anything, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then he says, the God of peace will be with you. Live in peace. But it must be God's peace, not ours. Our peace is easily shattered, have you noticed? The war going on in Ukraine has had several ceasefires. They didn't last. It needs to be God's peace in us. God's peace over us. God's peace through us. And to realize that the peace of God is always available. Through all the physical junk I've been going through, one, one of the times when I was stuck in the hospital, and I say that with all disgust, stuck in the hospital, I was reading in Ezekiel and found this phrase, The Lord is my healer. I was like, wow. He's my healer. Is the stuff, is he healing it so nothing has to happen? Don't know. But he's still my healer. And in fact, I have found and started practicing this, that when I wake up in the night, I always immediately like, Lord, what do I need to pray about? Who do I need to pray for? But now I have started every one of those prayers with, Lord, you are my healer. And then I pray till I fall back asleep. Healer of my mind, my emotions. Healer of my attitude. Who? Healer of my witness. Healer of my thoughts. To live in peace, God's peace, because God's peace is always available. And then focusing on verse 8 again. We need to stay focused on the right things. How different would it be if you spent any extra time focused on things that are true? Focused on things that are honorable? Focused on things that are just? Focused on things that are pure and lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise? If those were the first thoughts instead of the extra thoughts. In other words, think about the right stuff. Think about who God is and what he's done. Think about the fact that he loves you and wants what's best for you. Think about what he's done already as well as what he's about to do. And when you think about those things, make sure you do it obediently, which means take 
the next right step. Whatever it is, just take the next right step. Just flick that first domino. Don't worry about the 10th one. Just take the next step. Make sure it's the right step. That's why you're thinking about the right things, praying and communicating with God, and he will speak with you, to you, and guide you. Practice these things. Take the next right step, and I have discovered that it is much easier to take the next right step if I'm focused and thinking about the right stuff. If I'm already thinking the way I should, it's a lot easier to take the right step. When I was coaching, we did drill after drill after drill. It didn't matter which sport I was coaching. And just like I did when I was the one being coached, those I coached would say, Coach, when are we going to do something different? I said, when we get this right. <laughs> Why? Because if you do it enough times, the right way, then when the pressure is on, when you don't have time to sit and plan, when you react, you're more likely to do it the right way. It's called muscle memory. Military drills that. Doing it this way, doing it this way, doing it this way. So when the bullets are flying for real, you're going to react the right way. What if we started doing that in our following of Christ? We practiced it, as Paul said in verse 9, the right way over and over and over so that it became a habit, so that when the pressure was on, we responded, we reacted, we spoke the right way. It all starts with taking the next right step, no matter how small or how big, and no matter which direction, if it's the right step, God will reward and guide you in that step. And when you're not sure what to do, I guarantee you, you will not go wrong if you pray. If that became our first response instead of our last resort, we'd save ourselves a lot of grief. There will be time to do more right things for God instead of having to clean up the wrong stuff we did. Let me ask you, does your thinking about prayer need to change? Do you need to change how you think about prayer? Are you giving praise as part of your prayers? For who he is, what he's done. Are you living in peace or in turmoil? You can be at peace in the midst of turmoil. Because the peace we're talking about is a peace of God, peace of relationship not of circumstance. And what's the next right step you already know you're supposed to take?
Will you take it? Father, thank you for always guiding us. Thank you for always showing us the right way. Thank you for guiding, listening, for answering. And Lord, I pray that we would practice these things. That we would really, truly pray about everything. That we would give you praise for who you are, even in tough circumstances. That we would do so with thankful hearts. that we would take that next right step. Oh Lord, guide our hearts and our minds as we pray seeking your will, your direction. And Lord, as we pray this week, very specifically for the Ignite services that will begin next Sunday. Lord, help us to start out praying, not for the others, but for us. Praying that you would guide us. Praying that you would show us. Lord, this week, help us to take that next right step. No matter what. Help us to think on the right things so we're ready to take that step. And Lord, may we encourage one another by praying for each other and by letting each other know we're praying for them. Lord, I know you're going to do miraculous things if we do these things. So Lord, ignite our hearts Ignite our prayer life and ignite our lives as we follow you. In Jesus' name, I plead these things.